This is literally everything, 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 everything. Fred, Al, and Homer are three World War II veterans facing difficulties as they re-enter civilian life. Fred is a war hero who, unable to compete with more highly skilled workers, has to return to his low-wage job. Bank executive Al gets into trouble for offering favorable loans to veterans, and Homer, after losing both hands in the war, returns to his loving fiancé but struggles to adjust. Coming in at number 37, this is the best years of our lives. So raise a glass, and here's drinking with you, kid. really beautiful somber way to say here's drinking with you kid i that almost was cried very respectful i almost cried just now i yeah maybe mm, no that doesn't no, sound right no i didn't i actually almost had to cough so i just kind of swallowed <laughs> it here's drinking with you kid. <laughs> it did sound like you were holding back a tear <laughs> sorry to burst everyone's bubble <laughs> So our drink for today um while they drank like whiskey but some people uh, can't hold their whiskey. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, we know. It's not even that I can't hold it. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, we're not all perfect. Um, well, so we went right. with, because they drink a lot of beer. Didn't they? And, <laughs> <laughs> we went with <sighs> World War II, like mm. brought in some booming brewery business Burr. and something that was very popular were loggers around uh world war ii vets and stuff so Burr. we cut and we have budweiser Burr. Burr. it's great Burr. so let's try this budweiser i've never heard of it before shut up clinkity clinky <laughs> normally we first try this on air. That you this were time, over halfway. I finished it on air. <laughs> so I'm going to open my second. Okay. Okay. This technically would be his seventh of the day. Well, you know. <laughs> sometimes I have work events where drinking is required. Of course. Of course. Or just encouraged. So directions, pull tab with the finger and then push back. <laughs> but or these, twist the I was going to say, these are twisties. Yeah, bottles. <laughs> They're classier. Because <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even get it out straight. They're classy. Uh, well, we're classy bitches. That's right. Okay, so this year came out, this movie came out. Yes. In the year 1946. What did you, What happened that year, you asked? Please tell me what happened. Were oh people God, coming home from imagine? the war? Well, they already did. Hmm. But United Nations held their first meeting in London, England. Oh. Is that where, it, I guess that's where it used to be. The bikini debuted in Paris. Oh, Obviously very controversial. I was about to say that is super right? controversial. Um, something we know nothing about, the Mensa Society was created. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that sounds uh, dumb. That sounds fancy. <laughs> something we know nothing about. 
How? And to partner with the UN starting, they also started UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, and UNICEF, the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. Um, And those are still going on today. Uh, The first Cannes Film Festival happened that year. Um, And Tupperware is sold for the first time. Oh. Listen to the burp. Oh, God, that's right. I totally forgot about the burp. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> and that became a big selling thing for the lady folk. Yeah, Tupperware parties yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. We had Tupperware. Did y'all have Tupperware? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, apparently Didn't everyone? As, I would assume. I think everyone had it, like in um, our generation especially. Apparently, as a kid, I would entertain myself my parents had the tupperware drawer was like low the cabinet was low yes and they would just open the tupperware drawer and that would be like what i I played with for a long time our parents had the easiest jobs in the world i'm gonna say it (laughs) right oh my gosh just open up a cabinet you go to town conrad kids oh yeah you know so some of the popular films that year yes uh were it's a wonderful life which is on our list which you yes, love. It is. And you, you. Haven't been able to get through the first five minutes. Because <laughs> she thought it was aliens. Go thought on. Thought it was aliens. Pretty sure it still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yearling. Oh, okay. The Stranger. Okay. The Big Sleep. A lot okay. of movies that start the. with the. Yeah. <laughs> and then Song in the South. Okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, okay. Song in the South, which uh, I have that's never in the vault. Seen. Did you ever see that as a kid? Or I no? fe- I can't remember it's not if I it's anymore, not available right? anymore. Okay. But so I can't I remember if I saw it or if I'm just thinking of like the clips I've seen. Mm, right. I I don't know, but mm. I know that before, um, when I was watching all the Disney movies, I know that it was available then. So mm. I can't imagine that I didn't see it. Right. But then I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, so some of the popular books I have three. <laughs> I'm winner, winner, Girls chicken dinner. More. Is that a book? No. <laughs> yeah, it's a book. What was that it was about? Julia Mensa? Child's first cooking book. <laughs> they talked about it at that first Mensa meeting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. They're like, this is going to be a big phrase, guys. <laughs> big one. This is going to be a big phrase. Um, Hiroshima by John Hersey came out. You're just saying it because you know what Hiroshima is. Yeah. It was a very popular book about Hiroshima. Oh, really? Yeah. He interviewed people affected Shocking. by it. Okay. It was, it was supposed to be like really good. Okay. <laughs> All the King's Men mm. by Robert Penn Warren. Mm-hmm. And The Pianist Ooh. by Vladislav Spilman mm-hmm. and, and Thea Bell, <laughs> who was the translator. Okay. The Just book. one name? And Thea Bell? The, and Thea Bell. Oh, and... <laughs> I thought you were saying and, and, and Thea Bell. And Thea. And Thea. And Thea. And Thea Bell. And Thea Bell. Okay. Some popular TV um, that, no, not Bonanza, this is the 40s. Okay. Face to Face, okay. <laughs> which was like a pyramid type game show. Oh, fun. 
I love television those old screen shows. magazine, which oh. was like a sixty minutes. Oh, okay. Cash and carry, which was like a supermarket sweep or prices right. And hourglass, which was the first variety show aired. Really? Impressed, I know. I am impressed, Thank actually. You. So some of the uh, popular music um, that year, one we kind of referenced indirectly, Zippity Doo Dah, which is from Song of the South. But I always sang that song growing up. Oh, yeah. That was like a... That was just like like, a a famous, like, I felt like it was just a children's song. song. Right. Yeah. I didn't know where that came from. No, I I never once thought about it. Right. Still a good song. I mean, it's a classic. Yeah. Zippity Doodah and then like Do Re Mi. Like those were songs I feel like you right. were just, you were all you knew all of the words as a kid. Yeah. Somehow. You don't know, you don't remember it's when you truth. learned it, but it's you knew. It's factual. It's the truth. It's factual. <laughs> Everything is it, no, it's satisfactual. Sad is factual. Yeah. It's the truth. It's, it's factual. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Okay. okay. Take out that part about me not remembering. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, all the words. All the words. All of uh, them. Choo Choo Chaboogie by, I'm pretty sure this is a typo, Louis, <laughs> Louis Jordan. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I really had typed Lucy Jordan, but I think it's Louis Jordan. Okay. Um, Get Your Kicks. Are we at 66? 66 by the King Cole Trio. Mm -hmm. Also by the King Cole Trio, The Christmas Song. (gasps) Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. And another Christmas song, Winter Wonderland by Johnny (gasps) Mercer and Perry Como. I love me some Perry Como. Now, whether those songs were created that year or if those versions just made it popular that year. year. You know, not 100% sure. But we'll just say they were created. Those were the big ones. Celebrities. There are. Plenty. Oh, I bet. Share. Oh my God. Dolly Parton. Oh. Liza Minnelli. <gasps> Sally Field. Oh. Susan Sarandon. Oh. Diane Keaton. Eugene Levy. Candace Bergen. Sylvester Stallone. Tommy Lee Jones. Steven Spielberg. Freddie Mercury. <gasps> and your personal favorite, Donald Trump. Ew. <laughs> Damn so it. This- it was such a high list. <laughs> so <this> movie. <laughs> Um, came in on, I guess, three lists. Okay. It is the only movie to not change spots so far. On the original, it was 37, and on I the anniversary, I thought we had another one that didn't change spots. Maybe it did. Maybe. Okay. You can't name it. So but that's it's exciting. Okay. And then it was number 11 on 100 Cheers. I totally get it. Which I get. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. So it was on the two greatest and then the cheers. Okay. Yeah. So this originally came from a July 1944 Time Magazine story about a group of Marines taking a train back home to New York from San Diego. Hmm. That story was then converted into a novella by McKinley Cantor called Glory for Me in 1945. Okay. Because the director, William Wyler, when it saw this... uh, magazine story yeah. who was given to him by his wife okay. and was like, hey, McKinley Cantor, can you um, generate it? a story? Uh-huh. Well, he ended up turning out like 300 pages. He's like, this is too many for a movie. So he wrote like a novella. <laughs> okay. So then he brought it to Robert E. Sherwood, 
who also wrote the screenplay for Rebecca, mm-hmm. um, to write the screenplay for this movie. Oh, I didn't realize that he wrote it for <coughs> that it was spoke. Rebecca's so good. Yeah. So in the original Glory for Me, the Homer character had a mental disability oh. from the war, not physical. Oh, now that's really interesting. So they changed it because they felt that it was easier to portray on screen. I get that. So the cast here, I don't know any of these people, but apparently some of them were famous. (laughs) (laughs) Like Myrna Loy, I guess, was like a big name. Yeah, she She was was big. Yeah. What else was she in? She was huge. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. But she was Myrna Loy and Friedrich March. I think he was like a silent film actor. Is it Friedrich or Frederick? I always said Friedrich. I mean, I see the spelling and I want to say Friedrich. Yeah, I've always said Friedrich March, but I don't know. You say Friedrich March a lot? All or the time. All the time. Well, Got I remember it. hearing about him when I was a kid, like from my mom. About what? Friedrich March. Um, this movie? Well, this movie was, like, my family loved this movie. Why do you look so okay. <laughs> like, shocked? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy. Myrna. Myrna Loy. played Millie Stevenson. She got top bill because she was the biggest actress in the cast. Yeah, apparently. Friedrich slash Frederick March was played uh, Al Stevenson. Teresa Wright played Peggy Stevenson. The daughter. The daughter. Mm -hmm. Dana Andrews or Donna? Dana? Say Dana. Dana. Fred Derry. Mm -hmm. Virginia Mayo. I love her. Um, played Marie Derry. <laughs> you would. That is the person that you're... Okay, oh, go she's on. She's terrible and I fucking <laughs> she love She's such a horrid person. <laughs> so terrible. Go on. Um, and then Harold Russell playing Homer Parrish and Kathy O'Donnell playing Wilma Cameron. Okay. So this was directed by William Wyler, not Billy, Billy Wilder, Wilder. As we found very out. very confusing. It really it is. It really is. Yes. So William Wyler uh-huh. did like Ben Hur, Roman Holiday, yes. Mrs. Miniver. Yes. Okay. Whereas Billy Wilder has done like the greatest movies of all time. Right. So go on. <laughs> and like I mentioned earlier, Robert E. Sherwood uh, wrote the screenplay for it. This comes in at two hours and 52 minutes, <sighs> which man, going into it, I was like, damn. Well, you had just gotten back from vacation. I had just gotten back from vacation. And it was one of those, like, I when I saw it, I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to lead this discussion. I was tired. Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised. It <clears> went <throat> by yeah. much quicker it, it than I thought it would. definitely moved by quicker yeah. than I thought. Uh, Common Sense Media gives it a 13 plus. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 97 uh, percent with a 93 percent audience. Okay. Both still good. The consensus says an engrossing look at the triumphs and travails of war veterans. The best years of our lives is concerned specifically with the aftermath of World War II, but its message speaks to the overall American experience. Okay. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Did you have another feeling about it? No. That's great. <laughs> Um, so when we require, I mean, when we talk about like the negative reviews, yeah. we really talk about like top critics, right? right? 
There was not one top critic that gave a negative review. I can totally see Only that. stupid critics. Yes. And I was didn't it even... Was the low IQ Canadian? I didn't even look it up. Good for you. You know what? We don't need to hear any negative reviews. Not this. you low Q I Canadian. Absolutely I not. I said I Canadian. I Canadian. I... I, I, I Canadian. Not you, Village Voice. <laughs> not you. God, got, man, the Village Voice hates man, top 100 movies. They hate everything. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so this award won was the first film to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards, the BAFTA Awards, and the Golden Globe Awards. Nice. So a critical, a darling. Yeah. So it was the highest grossing film since Gone with the Wind. Hello. Just it was seven a, years it, earlier. How had, crazy is that I to think had about? I never even heard of this movie. The Best Years of Our Lives? Yeah, before this. I had never, I remember hearing about it um, when- Don't lie. Uh, no, I remember because I know my mom loved this movie. Mm. Um, she re- doesn't anymore. Well, no, I haven't talked to her about it. I don't know. Oh, okay. But I know that she did. This was considered a really great movie. I knew that. I never, it sounds just by the title alone, it sounds awful. Like, why do I want to watch that? Um, you hate the best years other of our happy. lives. Like, what is that? What is this three hour movie about with people coming back from where I don't want to see that? I never wanted to see this before. You hate but I happy have, veterans. I really hate happy veterans. Caught it. Happy veterans. <laughs> Sound <family>. bite. <laughs> so, so this won best picture. Mm-hmm. It won best actric. Actric? Did it? Actor. Mm. Friedrich March. Nice. It was a com- combination. It might be Frederick. I really don't I know I think anymore. it's Frederick. Okay, look, Frederick March. Because I think, okay, so... In the billing and all of that, mm-hmm. they they spell his name wrong, right? But I believe I read somewhere in the credits, it, it misspells his name. It was F-R-I-D? No, it's F... They spell it F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C, like Frederick. Frederick. Okay. So it makes me think that you pronounce it Frederick March. Frederick, yeah. Which from now on, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you you're see saying. see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I anyway. see what you're saying. Um, best director, William Wyler won... Won Best Screenplay, Robert E. Sherwood. Best Editing, Daniel Mandel. Best Score, Hugo Friedhofer. Okay. It was nominated for Best Sound, but lost to the Jolson story. Now, did you say it won Best Supporting Actor? I have not yet. Oh, you were going to get... Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, Harold Russell won for Best Supporting Actor. Earlier in the night, though... He was given an honorary award for, quote, bringing hope and courage to his fellow veterans. I mean, that gives me chills. That's kind of wild. Because they didn't expect him to win. <laughs> they were like, we have to acknowledge. <laughs> I know. Thanks, y'all. And yeah. then I'd be like, fuck you. I, won, <laughs> I got <bitch>. it. <laughs> Suck on So that. he's like the only two, only person to ever win two Academy for Awards the for the same, same role. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yes. That's a weird record to have. And then he only ever did, like, what, three more movies, I think? I guess. I mean, I for sure, when I started watching this movie, tried to find out if if those were his real hooks or not. And those were, you know, he had um, lost his arms in an an explosion, right? Yeah, like... Yeah, it was some sort of, I can't remember what I no, read, but it was some sort of explosive that he was holding 
Yeah, like went off that in his it, hands. It went off in his hands. That's right. And, then, and that only happened two years before. Right. And William Wyler saw him in like a training video for the army. Oh. Um, and that's how he found this guy. Yeah, I know I had read that like he did not want this guy to have any acting lessons or anything. Like this was, right. he was and not Adam an and I were talking, we were like, because Adam said, I was like you, I was like, is he holding on to those? Right. Like, how's this I just working? assumed it I was just, like Donise yeah. from SNL holding like, little hands. <laughs> but it was like, those, that was his those, real shit. Yeah. And he was good at it. He was fantastic. Well, he like, won his support. He'd like like twist he, the thing and open it up to do different. I mean, like, him with his like things, like his cigarettes. Yeah. And let, like he it was, was great with those hooks. Yeah. Okay. So first, first impression. <laughs> I was. First impressions. I was quite surprised by this movie. Yeah. I've never. It's never been one I've ever wanted to see. Good job, y'all. Literally no interest. Not I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Honestly, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know it I existed. I thought it had been a play. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I heard about it and then I always saw it on these lists. And then I was like, I think this is a play. But then I think what I was thinking of was Three Sons. My Three Sons. No, that's that was a, a show. TV show. No, there was another With, one. What's about, his like, face from that movie that we saw? Fred McMurray from Double Indemnity. Yep, yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. My first impression was it was way better. Than I thought it was going to be. Samesies. Yeah. The movie starts with basically them all coming home. Yeah. And they're like, hey, it w- you know what it reminded me of hmm. at the beginning? Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. I'm yes, like, it I gotta did. get home. Were these <clears throat> just. What's the best way to get home? And. Yeah, I don't care. Just get me home. I'm going to ride with the chickens underneath the plane. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> and so that's what they did. And they went to, what was the name of this city? Boonstown? Booms, yeah, I think it was Boonstown. Boons Farm? No, it was Boom, not Booms Farm. Oh, my phone is dead. Um, Boontown. I think it was. Boonstown. Boon City. Boon City. Boon City, which yeah. is a, f- f- uh, f- not a false city, but a fake city. A, a mythical American town so called Boone City. That's exactly that represented what it says like here. you know mid, middle was, America mid America yes, mid everyday America every day Joe Schmo what like a Joe Schmo yes. like an everyday Joe yeah everyone's an street was like Sally everyone's address was one two three Main Street like that kind of thing four five six Elm Avenue oh I love it you brought out the Elm <laughs> Touche, my friend. Mm, seven, eight, nine, Wichita Lane. What? <laughs> <laughs> so they're returning home. They like build this like little friendship of like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Who you have home? What are you, you know, what's coming? What's awaiting you at, at home? They kind of chit chat about that. And they always talk about, <clears throat> one of them talks about, uh, I think it's Homer, talks about Butch's, the um, <clears throat> the bar that his uncle yes. owns, yeah. and he used to go there all the time, and we should have a drink there, uh, whatnot. And so when they finally land, they 
take a taxi, right? And yeah. they start dropping off into their own, like... <laughs> Weirdly watch everyone go back into their world. Did you world. notice that? Yeah, like, it's like this, like, continual, like, seeing how they used to live, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like going back into <clears throat> their life before the war. Yeah. Which, like, I, you know, I don't know what that's like. Right? No, I don't think any of us I mean, you can, can try really... and imagine what it's like, right? But yeah. you don't, you'll never know. Yeah. Um, and you're going back as a completely different person. And if you look at one of your favorite movies, Saving Private Ryan, hmm. like that is one thing that Opposite we day. do find out in that, like we talked, I mean, or you said at the beginning, like Fred was a war hero and then he's coming back to like, not having that many skills in the real world for people to hire him, right? Right. And so you're, you know, you're seeing these people go from these leadership positions back to Well, you know, what was lives. interesting, because, you know, one, they're in each different uh, branches of the military, right? right. So mm-hmm. like Homer was a sailor, mm-hmm. um, Al was in, our, in the army, and Fred was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And what I also noticed is that <clears throat> their ranking didn't necessarily apply transition to what their home status. Right. So like Al had, um, not Al, but uh, Fred had the highest ranking out of them all. Right. But came back and clearly was, you know, the, the poorest or, mm-hmm. you know, was in the, the most dire situation out of the three right, of them right. as far as, you know, their home situation or whatnot. Cause it seemed like, you know, first, you know, the first person to drop off was Homer, right? Yeah. Homer had lost his two hands in the war. He had these two hooks. Um, and you know, he, and I guess always, never wrote home about it. They seem pretty surprised. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of like, if my son, brother, father, whatever, yeah, came back from a war, <laughs> got out of the taxi, and had his luggage hanging on a hook, <laughs> I'd probably say something. I mean, it's weird but that no one... One of them said a single fucking thing. I would have and been like, oh my weird. God, are you okay? That was like, weird. That was really weird. And it was the look of surprise where it's like, did y'all not know? I can understand not saying anything or just trying to like. I, I, I don't think they knew but, or said anything. No. It's weird. No, it that was weird. That was very weird. And I it just, was weird how the other two guys were sitting there watching it like it was a movie. You know what was sad about that though? You know, because, you know, Homer always portrayed this like, oh, you know, bada bing. Like, hey, I got hooks. It's right. great. Um, and... But then you start to see right away kind of that kind of disconnect and despair of like, I don't know how to act around these people mm-hmm. and they don't know how to act around yeah. me. And one of them sad. in the taxi said something about, oh, those hooks, you know, taught him how to do everything. And and the one guy said it it didn't it didn't tell show him how to embrace his woman or caress his yeah. hair or caress her hair. Yeah. And that right away, just like, I mean, that's what 15 that hurt, minutes into yeah. the movie. It was like, Oh, 
Okay. Oh, y'all are fooling okay, around on this one. I know. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, first off, this was I. I believe the first movie that we've seen in this podcast that I've cried from. I can't remember another movie yeah, that I cried. At. Not only the ones that I mean, like Color Purple, obviously, but that well, wasn't on the list. Specials, but yeah. yeah, the the other movies. I mean, I I cry in a lot of them um but not like we haven't done any where it was really big real tearjerker we haven't done any tearjerkers no and this one wasn't necessarily i don't consider this to be a tearjerker but But it was heartwarming like it was kind of amazing to see how people and to know that at the same time all across the united states families were experiencing this. yeah when you have millions of americans who are at the war all coming back at once you know, it it painted an interesting picture also, and I'm jumping ahead maybe a little bit, but, you know, that one guy who was, like, really angry uh, with um, Derry in the, oh, in the store, in and the he, store. They, they get a mm-hmm. fight, and, and he brings up the point of, like, all these soldiers coming back, flooding the workspace and flooding the workforce and yes. taking trying to take jobs. And what a nightmare that must have been, you yeah. know, because how do you... How, you know well everyone's identity is just kind of like thrown into the fan like yeah. because even the women they were having to take over a lot right. of the i mean they were the leaders of the household for a few years right you know and then they have their husbands coming back that's one thing i felt a lot with al and millie mm-hmm. she seemed fine with him coming back in the role but he also was just like I step back in, like, this is my role. Right. I'm the leader of the house. And you have to stop and think, like, she's been the leader of that house for the last couple of years. She knows her daughter and her son better than he right. he does. Just out of happenstance. I mean, that's just how it is, yeah. right? Well, and that, that brings me, because, you know, Homer was the first person dropped off. Mm-hmm. Then Al mm-hmm. was dropped off at what looked like a very nice high rise you could tell it was a little bit more upper class whereas homer was in kind of like a middle class neighborhood very cute um and uh al was an army sergeant and he returns what seems like with ease yeah right you know the the kids are excited to see him they do like you know with his wife it's a loving hug and a twirl and you know, everything seems nice, but you almost immediately start to see some kind of like, well, you know, yeah. he brings home these like trophies or trinkets from the war. And his son is like, uh, I learned about the war in school and blah, X, Y, Z. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and then his daughter there. is like, you know, working now and yeah. does the dishes and runs errands and all of that kind of stuff. And he's Everything's just like not used to that. Same people. Yeah. Right. But just it's a like totally he's... different dynamic. And when I think when you have kids at that age, which questionable at how old they were yes. really supposed to be. Yes, very questionable. Um, I would assume she was in college and he was in high school. I knew that she was early 20s. Right. That's all I know about her. Right. But yeah, so, so I would assume those are pretty good. But then you have to think, well, when did he leave? Was she in high school and he was in middle school? Like, yeah, it that seems would be like a that's big kind of, gap to right. come home to. I guess that's my point. It's like when you yeah. leave, you know, somebody at 13 and at 17. Huge difference. I mean, I think of like my nephew. He just graduated high school. You know, 
Yeah. So him now and him like five years ago at 13, like that's not the same. That would be a huge. So much learning. Jolt. Yeah. You know, and growing up in that time period. And what a time to miss. You know what I mean? I know. um, Man, what a time to miss. And he was the only one with kids. Homer didn't have children. Right. Neither of them had kids. And Fred. Yeah. Because, you know, then we get to Fred, who was in the Air Force. Um, oh, who he had stated that he was married for 20 days before he left and he couldn't wait to get back to his sweet Marie. Mm. Ooh, sweet Marie. Ooh. Um, but he originally comes to his parents' house. Yeah. Which you can tell is a lower income housing yeah. um, family. It, you know what it reminded me of hmm. was um, in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with the grandparents. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Lay 69 style. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why did, what was he, what was he calling his mom? Was that his mom? Was it his it stepmother? It had to have been his stepmom. It had to have been, right? It was she like. She kept calling him, uh, like what was her name? Horrence Constance. Or, no, Hortense. 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 What a terrible name. Which, what is their nickname? Whore or Tense? Neither is good. First Horty? Off, that's my grandmother's name. <laughs> shut up. Are you serious? Oh my God. No, shut the fuck up. I'm texting your dad right now. Is that your grandmother's it's name? It's my mom's. Your mom's name? Not my mom's name. My, mo- my mom's mom. What did you text him? Don't. Hello? Manny? Yeah. It's Aaron. Do, do not check yes. your text messages right now. What is Yolanda's mother's name? Don't check your messages, Manny. What is your... Thank you. Thank you. What did you say, Mom? No, she. Don't you put Yolanda in the middle of this. What did she say? What? What did Yolanda just say to you, Manny? What did you just say to me? Hortense. Yolanda said Hortense. Yeah. Hortense. What about Hortense? Hortense Lucy. What about Hortense? She doesn't know. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Manny. I just had to prove a point. Thank you. Conrad was trying to say... Uh, <laughs> there's a character in a movie that we're doing whose name is Hortense, and I was saying what a horrible name that was, and you know he's trying to put a wedge between me and his mother. <laughs> and he said that it was Yolanda's mother's name, and how dare I? <laughs> So thank you, thank you. So that's why I thought he was—I thought he was texting you. So that's why I was like, "Do not check your messages. Do not." I did, and he didn't check fast enough. I wasn't fast enough. Okay, thank you, Manny. What? Thank you. Oh, I have you on speaker. You can tell Yolanda that Lucy is the name. Thank you, Yolanda. Your mother's name was beautiful. Your son keeps trying to put a wedge between us, but we will not let it happen. She said what a horrible name Hortense was. And then she said, that's my mother's, that my mother's mother's name. That was my grandmother's name. Trying to make a wedge again between you and poor Aaron. Exactly. Not going to work, buddy. Thank you, Manny. Y'all have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
of your mom's like Hortense. <laughs> I, what? I just texted what her is said, that? whatever Erin asked, just say Hortense. And so she goes, she in the back of New York go, Hortense. And my dad's Hortense. like, my dad's like, yeah, what does that mean? She's like, I don't, I don't know. know. I want to keep all of that in. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that was amazing. Where the hell were we? Hortense. Okay, so Fred <laughs> comes home to his stepmother, Hortense. I'm really sorry if any of our listeners' names are Hortense or have family members named Hortense. I, I apologize for Erin and agree her insensitivity. Can we all agree that it is a terrible name? It's a terrible no, name. No. Okay. Well, I think it I'm going to call you Hortense from now on. I'm going to call you whore. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I don't want to fight right now. So, <laughs> he comes home to yes. his stepmom and dad. Yes. And they were like, your wife left. She don't live here no more. Mm-mm. Which, like, do none of these people communicate with each other? That's what I'm saying. Like, was there, I know that there was communication. Like, they wrote each other. Did y'all not? Like, I guess not. I feel like there's some details everyone should have included with everyone right. else that they all left out. Yes. Hooks. Hooks. Wives. Wives. <laughs> like, dancing in some... What's happening? What's happening? <sighs> Communication, um, y'all, is key. So, like, he's like, okay, I'm going to go try and find my wife. Yeah. And he can't find his wife, so he's like, oh, I'll go to Butch's. <laughs> like you do. And um, so he goes to butchers, butchers. Mm-hmm. Well, rewind to Al's story. Al is feeling, I guess, you know, what makes you, what, what do you think made him just feel like, okay, I got to go have a drink. Let's go party. Like, I guess it was just like, he's excited to see his family, but it didn't feel like it, it was a hundred percent that. It felt like he was trying to grab onto something that might just feel like a fit of his old self. I mean, do you think they used to, but they didn't used to go out like that I don't think they used to, but I think it was one of those, like, there has to be some sort of mark for this occasion. Right. You know, I feel like it was more. Maybe he just was excited. Maybe there's a part of me that was like, okay, he clearly felt uncomfortable with the dynamic of his family as it was now. For sure. kind of came to that realization after spending some time at home. And I think he just kind of wanted to forget about that and just like yeah. celebrate the fact that he's home. Yeah. But he's he was also like, like, haven't you been in that situation where you're the one who's like, no, I don't want to go home. One more drink. One more drink. Oh, no, I don't yes. want to. And everyone was like, it's like, oh, Oh, God, my God. Sure. No. Let's one more drink. And I've been I thought on his the, wife was amazing. His wife is pretty fantastic. Like the way she was handling the everything. The way she handled like, everything. Like, girl, you with get a little, it all out. With That's a little right. bit of humor. Yeah. With a little bit of like, a no. compassion, no yeah. but a little, you know. Well, because, wrap this up. you know, I mean, I think you, you don't know what people are going to go through yeah when they come back from something like that yeah because we focus so much on the impact of the veteran but look like the family's also been without him right 
Right. So this is everyone, everyone having to, and obviously these are people who do not communicate. No. So no one's talking about the giant elephant, or I'm sorry, hooks in the room. Somebody acknowledge that this man has hooks <laughs> as hands. Somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it's painful. Shit. It is painful to watch. You know, but it's, 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 a, I mean, I get, like, I understand, like, well, I guess not wanting to offend the person, yes. right? Which I get if you don't know them. But, but if it's my literal family parents member. Parents and your fiance. Yeah. And you come back with hooks. Girl, you we come back have a with, conversation. Like, you come back in a wheelchair. You come back. Well, and you know what? No that hair. may have worked when it was the mental, because then it's like, I don't know what to say. Right, then it seems that a works. little off. I get it. But this was, he it's had pretty easy to spot. Hands. It's pretty easy to spot. When he got out of the cab and had to shut the door, holding his baggage by hooks. So Al gets this, like, I want to go out, and I'm going to keep drinking, and I'm going to keep drinking. So they go, yes. which, by the way, Boone City... Uh-huh. It's got a hopping nightlife because I, they went to like 80 bars I know. and all of them were full of dancing. All of them had a live band. I mean. It was like. It was really. Oh my God. Second time in a night. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see Nick right. in your bedroom so, right now being like, oh my God. God, I know. It's never so, going to end. <laughs> um, so they end up at Butch's. Yes. Right? So then let's rewind to Homer's story. And Homer's is, Homer is at home. Mm-hmm. He invites, they invite the Camerons over. Wilma Cameron, who is his yes. girlfriend. I, were they engaged before? I mean... Or like pretty much promised, kind of. I at think that it point. was it was definitely promised, if not full right. on engaged. The Camerons are over, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, do you want some lemonade?" And like, he flubs the lemonade with the hooks, which like is kind of strange because he was really good with everything else in the movie. Yeah, and all of a sudden he can't do anything. But I guess it's like you know he just feels like everyone's. Staring because at him. Because they are, because no one's talking and about no the fact that he has hooks. No one's talking about the fact that he has hooks. No one's saying, hey, Homer, what happened? <laughs> hey, there's something hey, buddy. different about you. <laughs> and I can't, I can't quite put my, put my finger, finger on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he gets mad. He gets mad. Oh, he does. And so he leaves yeah. and goes where, Aaron? Uh, he goes to Butch's. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> Where His, everybody knows your name. Homer. <laughs> um, What's up, Mr. Homer? <laughs> um, I got two little... I don't even know. Because it was his, Homer's uncle's yep, bar. Right. Butch. Mm-hmm. So they all three run into each other again, mm-hmm. which is this kind of like mini reunion. Hey, buddy. You know, that kind of thing. And Right. You know, what I found interesting about that scene is Butch being like, hey, Homer, you should probably just have beer. Like, don't drink alcohol. You should just have beer. Because I think he could, one, either his family called Butch. I don't think they did because no one communicates. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) 
Maybe <laughs> he's like, I don't want you handling my nice glass because you got hooks. Right, that's true. <laughs> no fine I mean, china for you, sir. No, you're not getting a wine glass, buddy. <laughs> or a nice highball. Let me give you Here's a, a mop bottle. bucket full of beer. <laughs> with a straw. Man, okay, so they meet again. I mean, let's fast forward. And, but okay, the key part in this <clears throat> meeting again is that Fred mm-hmm. meets Peggy. Yes, he does. Which like, didn't you know right away they would get together? I mean. Like right away. I was like, oh. Come on. Okay, I see. Yes. I see this. It's a little obvious. A little obvious, which I root for. <clears throat> of course. Because I'm into it. He seemed a little old I'm for her. A little old for her. But that's okay. Yeah. He's a war hero. I mean. And deserves some. Some. Somewhat, Conrad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean. Some good, good you stuff. You didn't get it. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he deserved. The highball glass. The highball glass. <laughs> Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> so this is where I don't really remember what happens in the movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So okay. like, okay. So let's talk a little bit more about Homer's story overall. Yes. Right? Because I feel like it's the most independent of the other two. The other two cross over because of the Fred and and Peggy story. Yes. They kind of like intertwine a little more. Right. Um, So, you know, what we learn about Homer is that he loves to make light of his disability. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I understand. Right? Like you want to be able to laugh at your biggest insecurities. Of course. Right? You want people to know, I recognize that these are here. Right. We all know it. Didn't write home about it, but we all know it. Well, when it takes, um, it takes power away from it. Right? You know, it takes power and Mm -hmm. it allows other people to engage you about it and or to laugh about it. It makes them, it breaks the tension. Yeah. So he, you know, tries to make light of it, but obviously it just really kind of um, eats at him. Right. And a couple, there's a couple scenes that stand out. One, <clears throat> you know, when they're in like the garage, I guess, and like his younger sister and her friends yes. are coming and... Um, he smashes his hooks through the glass. God. You want all of these? Yeah, Girl. that was that was really rough, and you could yeah. tell how scared his younger si- yes. sister was when you know when, when they like, really weren't. Like it wasn't a. I mean, it was like kind of havesies, you know. Yeah, it was I like, mean, it's it's kids. They're gonna be curious. Yeah, it wasn't like a Boo Radley situation. No, but no, no, it no. kind of was. Oh, I don't think it was a Boo Radley situation. It at was all. kind of like, oh, go, let's go look, let's go look. Kind of was that, but it's kids. But yeah, it's kids. And kids are assholes. And then, you know, the whole time, <clears throat> he's like pushing Wilma away, right? He's pushing yes. her away, pushing her away. You know, go free yourself. You right. don't have to burden yourself with this. Like, um, and that was really kind of his main story arc. 
yeah. was him kind of coming to grips with himself. And and clearly later on in the movie, obviously he and his father had had a conversation because it was his father that helped him, um, you know, Button take off his, his, yeah. his, um, his whole uh, apparatus. Whole yeah, it was yeah. Like a whole like vest situation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so obviously they had talked about it at that point. Yeah. Um, what <clears throat> really gutted, really gutted me in this movie was kind of that final scene. Yes. Uh, and I might cry this thing about Oh, it, yeah. With Homer and Wilma and her saying that she's like, hey, I'm moving. Yeah. And... I'm moving because my parents said, you know, I can't be around you because it's too hard because you're pushing me away. And I, yeah, I still love you, you know? Okay. Well, you know, let me show you, let me show you. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, show me. And if I'm not strong enough, then I'll leave. Yeah. But like, at least let me me decide. Yes. Let me decide. Yes. Right. And so he takes her up to the bedroom and he's like, you know, taking off all the gear and you finally see him kind Mm -hmm. of at his most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Right. When he's just basically like, I can't light a cigarette. I can't go to the restroom. I can't. That like if the door closes, I I have to wait for someone else to like things that I didn't think think about through that whole thing. Things I didn't think about through that entire thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, he really is as helpless as you can be when all of that comes off. Yeah. And, you know, I guess you you also kind of <clears throat> feel, I guess, what he's feeling in this, like, feeling that he is too much of a burden yes. for someone else. Yeah. That he's not worth loving enough mm-hmm. that somebody would want to take care of him in that capacity. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's almost, he loves her too much to put her through that. Yeah. It's heartbreak. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I feel, at least for me, very <clears throat> identifiable. Yeah. Um. And he says to her, like, okay, well, what do you have to say now? Mm-hmm. And my favorite quote, mm-hmm. she kneels in front of him. She says, I know what to say, Homer. Oh, my God. You are going to cry. <laughs> what is he? I'm going to cry. What does she say? She says, mm-hmm. I know what to say, Homer. I love you, and I'm never going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Never. Never. Oh, my God. I, that's it's when I text you. It's the extra never. That's when I text you. I was like, oh, OMG. my God, I'm crying. <laughs> yes. It was, it, it really beautiful. was like such a moving moment. I think because, I yeah, I think because I identify with Homer a lot mm-hmm. in feeling um, that, you know, you're not good enough for somebody to yes. love you the way that you feel requires so much energy or so much work yeah you know to love you yeah and that just like hit home for me like yeah really hard yeah just really hard um to just have someone say no like 
I'm here. Bitch, I love you. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, and that just was very powerful. That is very moving. A dream to hear. Yeah. You know, someone say that. I can't even, I mean, I don't feel like I would be able, like, I don't know, the way I approach it. You know, he was like, I want to let you go. I want to put up the wall so that you don't have to deal with this. Right. All of that. Whereas I would be like, I want to spend the rest of my life proving my worth as a per. I, I don't think I can. I don't think I'll ever fully get it. Like, it's almost, um, it, you know, the uh, what is it called? Oh, my gosh. Like, self-sabotaging, mm-hmm. you know? But then for her to just say, like, in either of those scenarios where, where you're either saying, oh, my God, please love me, please love me, or you're saying, no, go away because you'll never... I'm not worth ever loving, you know, in either of those scenarios for someone to kneel down and say, Man. I will never leave you. Never. It's almost, it's almost still hard to though. Like when you're in that mindset, mm-hmm. it's almost still too hard to believe. To believe it. Exactly. It's almost, you know, until you can self say that to yourself yes. without feeling like you're lying to yourself. Yes. You know, that you're not just like saying like, Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. You know. Right. Um, to change that, I'm just saying it to myself to truly believing it. Right. I don't know how you do that. No. I haven't gotten there. And how? No. <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah. I mean, like, do you have you felt that way of like, you know? I mean, because I I I for sure feel that way, like a sense of inadequacy or a oh. sense of. Um, Girl, we were born two days apart. You know, you know, I feeling like a burden, a burden on. Yes. Feeling like, you know, oh, I'll just take care of myself. Yes. um, Because why would anyone? Why would anyone want to? Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I think that's what kind of really hit me with this movie. Yeah. Being I, you know, uh, identifying with that character in, in that way. Yes. Um. You know, obviously his manifested because of a physical. Right. Um, but to our point earlier, it was originally portrayed as a mental yeah. um, issue, which like who doesn't have some kind I mean, of struggle is, yeah. with self-acceptance and self-love and self-worth mm-hmm. um, and feeling like you are, you know, when you see other people saying, Oh, you know, I don't feel good about it, or I I don't feel like I'm enough. You're like, oh, girl, what? what's wrong with you? Of course yes. you are. But then to be able to take your own words of advice or to take yeah. in other people saying that to you, yeah, no, is like, and what it's the hell? that someone saying that to you when you were at your most vulnerable Oof. moment, he, and he was, and he was most like vulnerable. to be told that is a life like trajectory changing moment yeah. right there. Yeah. Changes everything. It was, it was like, it powerful. was so powerful yeah. and beautiful. And I mean, her buttoning up his shirt and everything Oof. like, and, and putting him to bed basically and kissing him goodnight and leaving and knowing that she's going to come back. Like she is there for good. Yeah. It was it, pretty it incredible. Was, it was, for sure my favorite part of the oh that was my favorite story my favorite part of the movie and he's my favorite favorite story story. of of the movie of the three 
He's probably the one we'll pick toward the end that we identified with the most. Not in the physical manifestation, obviously, but definitely in that. I mean, definitely in that. Opposable thumbs. (laughs) So we're good there. But mentally. (laughs) Mentally, we're not there. (laughs) We're not there at all. Mentally, we're like Homer's younger sister. (laughs) And her friends. Poor baby. Oh, she gonna have some issues. I know. God. Okay, so let's talk about Al's story. Okay. So we already talked about kind of how his family, you know, dynamic was a little off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, I'm assuming this is obvious, but maybe I just read it wrong, that he almost becomes an alcoholic to cope with that transition back into real life. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's what we were supposed to get with him going out to all these bars and like making right. them. Is well, that and then you he's consistently trying to cope see with this him, situation. You, you, you see him drink the most out of. Yes. Like at that banking party and all of that stuff. Like you, Oof, that banking party. Oh, Ernie. That was a good one. Um, so right away, he is called back to his office, mm-hmm. to the bank, and they're like, hey, we want to give you a raise. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh like, I uh, haven't worked here in years. And They want to make him VP. Right. VP of small loans. Yeah. Because, you know, all of these veterans are coming back mm-hmm. and they're wanting small loans. And, you know, like always, there's financial institutions that want to capitalize on other people's despair. Yes. yes. Right. Not a new story, nope. nor will it uh, go away anytime soon. Nope. Um, and you see Al's struggle with it almost mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. when this veteran comes in, wanting a loan. Mr. For Novak. A f- for a farm, Mr. Mm-hmm. Novak. He wants money for a farm to set up. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to make a living. I've got it all planned out. Yeah. Um, but no collateral. Yeah. Because guess what? I've been fighting in a war for, for several many years, years. You know, and I just, what do you expect me to have? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's someone who Al feels has a heart and is believable and, can, yeah. and can ha- has a drive and is able to do this. And, well, is, and that, it leads to my favorite quote of the movie. Oh, um, go, go for it. Where he said, when, so he gives him, approves the loan and mm-hmm. the president is like well, wait a second we gotta have yeah. gotta make sure they got and he says you see mr milton in the army i've had to be with men when they were stripped of everything in the way of property yeah. except what they carried around with them and inside them i saw them being tested now some of them stood up to it and some didn't but you got so you could tell which ones you could count on i tell you this man novak is okay his collateral is in his hands in his heart and his mm. guts it's in his right as a citizen yeah I mean, just chills all over the body. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And and you know, when it it does bring up like, I don't know, this movie brings up a lot of things that one, maybe I'm no expert in, obviously, because am I (laughs) expert? So we've discussed already. (laughs) We are not in Mensa. No. Okay. Applied and rejected 82 (laughs) times. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um... You know, it goes to the idea of like pulling yourself out of a situation. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need a little bit of help 
to get that business started or to yes. get a new life started or to just need someone to take a chance whatever on you. and to take a chance yeah um what abba's saying you know but you know and i also get like the idea of like securing money and like right? you know you know so what what the answer to that is i don't necessarily know right um maybe the folk in mensa do but they haven't come out with any ideas. They haven't done anything. So maybe they aren't that smart. You know what? I don't think they are. And so the the main other story with Al has to deal with Fred, yes. really. Because as we see in the movie, Fred and Peggy have a thing. And and a attraction. They have a little kiss in the parking lot after having lunch mm-hmm. at his like favorite spot before the war. Mm-hmm. After um, telling his wife that he can't afford to take her anywhere, damn. by the way. <laughs> Marie. Damn. Oh, I love me some Marie. God, she's oh, terrible. Marie, she is a she horrid, is horrid person. <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me of you. So let's talk about <laughs> Fred's story. Uh, she wanted someone financially stable. She is us. Don't you single me out as Marie. <laughs> She is us, Conrad. I would never. <laughs> Everyone, please go back and listen to episode two. It's for you first-time listeners. Cabaret. I would never. He would never do that. Um, so Fred's story. <laughs> please go listen to Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> all of them. Let me give you the list of episodes really of to listen to. Really all of them. Um, so Fred's story is like, you know, just as different as the other two. Yeah. And, you know, you learn that he... He had a low wage job before the war. Um, soda jerk. Soda jerk. <laughs> which I think my dad was a soda jerk. Oh, well, I feel like that's right. Why do I know that? I think he was. I feel like it's right. We'll just say he was. With his mother in law, Hortense. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Hortense. I mean, but my father was born in. Mom. My father was born in 45. So Hortense. What is that? I don't know. Hortense. (laughs) Oh, Yolanda's best. Lover. Um, So, Loey's job coming from the, the... The department store? Drug store, they called it? Yeah. But it had like... It had like perfume and Perfume and creams. So, he comes back. He tries to find his wife for a while (laughs) who's working at a nightclub yeah which like before he even found her Mm -hmm. like you knew she was like gonna be shit she's gonna be (laughs) a terrible person (laughs) like either she'd show up pregnant or like she was like i'm not interested in you anymore yes exactly so that when he does originally find her and she's Mm -hmm. like oh baby missed you you're like oh okay well maybe i'm wrong yeah. We were. We were not wrong. <laughs> Trust your she was just terrible y'all. in a different way. She God. terrible in a different way. Because, you know, he was living on um, you know, this military salary, which was really good. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Oh no, baby, let's go eat. Bada boom, right. bada boom. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'll find a good job. Yeah. Because of course he he's a he warrior. He goes back to the 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 bodega. Yes. <laughs> and asks his job. The Targa His bodega. boss for a job. Yes. Yeah. The Tardega. The Tardega. Uh-huh. Yes. And trademark. Asks, <laughs> uh, trademark. And asks for a job. 
And his boss was like, well, your former assistant is the manager, so you can work for him. <sighs> Which, like... I mean... Ugh. Sticky. What was his name? Sticky? Face. I don't know. Sticky? Is that I think his, his nickname was Sticky or something. Ew. Gross. Okay. You know, he works for Sticky at the Tardega. Yeah. He's not making enough money. He's making nope. thirty-two fifty a week, which is not enough for Marie. Not enough for Marie. And so they start having their like problems. And he's like, we're eating at home. And she's like, we're going out to eat. And yeah. he's like, no, bitch, we're not. You're going to eat down, what I'm cooking and you're going to like it. Salisbury steak. That's right. In the meantime, he's been having these like recurring nightmares. Yes. And that is how he met, like, kind of like furthered his relationship along with Peggy. Because mm-hmm. that first night in Butch's. He went home he with He went home with Al, with Al yeah. because he couldn't. They were going to drop him off at his wife's place, but he couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. Which it turns out the door just is unlocked and he could have walked in. He kinda, which yeah. is a funny bit. It was um, very funny. Yeah. Um, so he stays over at their house and Peggy t- lets him sleep in her room mm-hmm. and he like, she like undresses him yeah, she and does. then like she checks in on him and he's having this crazy nightmare that of like reliving the war. Mm-hmm. Someone was on fire. Someone was on fire. Um, and so he makes, she makes him breakfast the next morning it's and like you sweet. can tell, yeah, there was like, there was like some attraction there, right? Oh away. yeah. He takes his job back as a soda jerk and mm-hmm. as you know selling um fragrances and creams and whatnot and peggy shows up to his work mm-hmm. and was and he was like uh, i can't talk to clients unless they buy something and she's like meet me out back let's have lunch she says it exactly like that and by lunch i mean this very a la phyllis dietrichson is what you just sounded like yeah <laughs> I love Meet me her. in the back for some lunch. Meet me in the back, okay? <laughs> oh, May West. Um, so they have lunch, and then at in the parking lot they like share this kiss, mm-hmm. which like ugh, about time, right? You know, um, <clears throat> and she tells her parents, yeah, which is a, a weird flex. It's a weird um, <laughs> open conversation to have in a movie where no one's conversing. <laughs> Right. weirdly right. intimate and he's like uh no you better not do it and she's like hey, i'm guess gonna what? break up i'm this gonna break marriage. this marriage up he's not happy and he's like who made you god me <laughs> me bitch god did you <laughs> i am in his image and therefore i am he <laughs> i wish she had said that back just to see i'll be like what the fuck has been what? happening the last did five I years <laughs> Um, oh my god which you know Al does tell uh, Fred to be like hey lay off my daughter yeah and he's like hey whatever sure we'll see I'll lay on her I'll lay (laughs) on her I'll lay under her I'll lay in her ooh Al I'll lay a load on her face I didn't put that down as one of my favorite quotes. It was my favorite it quote. it would have been. It was my favorite quote. I'll lay a load on her face. Uh, he meant like a workload. <laughs> like, you know. right. right. It was different talk in 1946. 
you know, gay, it was really different gay, then, hey. happy. So <laughs> that's right. The the end of Fred's story really is him coming to this plane junkyard, right? Yeah. Where he goes and sees all these planes, which was a real thing. Yeah. They had like a you know all these excess planes, and they just kind of like sat in junkyards to dismantle. Yeah. So he has this moment in this plane that almost sent felt like a little bit of a cleansing moment. Like he kind of like yeah. almost kind of like that um, just kind of letting go nightmare that he had. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like it was like letting go, and came across this man who was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, oh, you know, just hanging out in a plane. Right. And he's like, well, what do you do? He's like, oh, well, I'm a, a junkyard scrapper or whatnot and gets a job with this guy, which like seems like this kind of universe yeah. meeting, universal meeting of like, you know, this of is the something cosmos. I can this do meant and, to happen, yeah. meant to be for him to kind of start in a world um, where he can be self-made mm-hmm. again. And you almost felt like, okay, well, this guy's going to like be a worker and then you can tell he's going to be a manager and you can tell yeah. he's going to be like, you know, because obviously, you know, he's at the drugstore, he had an assistant at that point, mm-hmm. right? And had he not gone to the war, he probably would have been in Sticky's shoes. Yes, at the Tardega. At the Tardega. <laughs> Um, and then like some kind of floor manager at the, at the Targdega. Right. This um, is true. So he's, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Fred's not a bum. No. He doesn't want to not work. Yeah. Right? And he keeps trying to find work, but you know, one, he keeps saying that they, everyone tells him he's not skilled for anything. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, okay, well, maybe he goes to school, but how do you afford going to school? I mean, you're you know, just kind on of a, fucked. On a job of thirty two fifty a week. Yeah. I still feel that that's a thing now, though. It you is. Know, that's like, how do that... you pull yourself out of poverty um, if you're not given a chance to build a skill or if you're not given, you know, if you haven't learned a skill, if you're not going yeah. to trade school or you know, something like that to have a foundation of knowledge to build a career path in yeah. a certain way. So this is one thing that I actually was talking about with my with daughter. Your <clears throat> and then I was talking about it with my dad today. One mm-hmm. thing that I was telling my daughter, you know, uh, because of the cost of college and all mm-hmm. of that today, we've always talked about how Look, if you have your sights set on these colleges, but you're also in a family where it's not like we're rolling in it by any means, there is going to be like, you you will have to get some sort of scholarship and you'll have to get loans and you'll have to, I mean, that's just if you want to do it. And which we fully support and will help as much as we can. But one of the things on these scholarship applications and on these college applications is talking about volunteer experience, Mm, right? Right, right, right. And then yeah. I was talking to my dad about, and Emma really wants, I mean, like she wants to, vol- she's volunteered before, she loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, you know, what's really terrible is that you also have the students who don't have the time or the means to volunteer mm-hmm. to get these great scholarships that would right. help them get the lives they want because they're having to work constantly not being able to save because they're bringing an income for their family right people like who support just, their families in high school or whatnot yes yeah. it's yep. a vicious vicious cycle that's yep. not going anywhere and i feel in a lot of ways as far as trying to 
build a life for yourself and all of that, it's just gotten worse. It's gotten more and more unattainable. Yeah, well, <clears throat> in many you know, ways, the wealth gap has always been widening in yes. this country, and and the pandemic uh, accelerated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the top one hundred percent gained the most wealth they ever had yeah. in such you a short. You said top one hundred percent. Top, I did. You did. You did, Conrad. Man, I was the like, top 1%, really? We did. <laughs> I didn't. I did the not. top one percent gained more wealth than they ever had. Yeah. Where you know the bottom lost, yeah, money, yeah. You know, um, so you know it, this movie touches on things that are much grander than you and I, right. much more complex than we understand, yes, and or can solve. Um, but is also a stark reminder that not much has a changed. Whole lot has changed <laughs> since yeah. then. Yeah, in that realm for sure. Yeah. Um, so then the the movie kind of wraps with um, Homer's wedding. Yes. Which was you know we love Homer and Wilma. I mean. Um, and that was like a full on wedding ceremony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It with the kids singing. What, yeah, that was really sweet. It was all very cute, um, and that's kind of like the wrap up of the movie. Yeah, you know. Um, well, you feel like everyone's gonna be okay. It yeah, that, that's true. That's true because you know I think you felt like um, Al had kind gotten a hold of his drinking even though he, he was seemed drinking to be because the... he said he was only he was like no remember he showed his wife he's like it's only punch right oh right right remember right, right. and then with fred i mean he was very honest with peggy they reunited and yep. he was like it's gonna be difficult i don't have this i don't we're right. gonna have to struggle we're gonna do this and this um so it seemed like it ended in a very honest place for right. everyone and a hopeful place yeah for sure. Um, a lot of this movie dealt with, obviously, traumas from the war, right? And they yes. manifested differently in each one. Obviously, right. with Homer, he didn't have his hands. And so that was that kind of struggle of how mm-hmm. do you uh, readjust in the world. Al dealt with, like, family dynamic struggles and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Fred dealt with like he had these nightmares and it's almost PTSD seemed like a PTSD and then, in that yeah. sense. Uh, before that, and was then also known, like right? very, you know, high ranking official and soda drink. Right. And kind of like a fall, yeah. fall from grace almost. Yeah. Um, and they each handled all of those differently. Mm-hmm. And you could tell there were certain times where it triggered them into um, them in their in their war zone right. past. Right. 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 Like one of the times when Al woke up from uh, in the morning, that first morning, he was like, I had a dream that I woke up yeah. home. I used to have a dream that I would wake up home. So I had to feel like, see if this was really real. Yeah. You know, and obviously like, you know, you and I have always, you and I have had our share of traumas in yes. our lives. Yes. You know, how have you learned to cope with them, to deal with them? Like, what's your best strategy? Medicine and therapy. Medicine and therapy, huh? Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Medicine, therapy, and very open conversations about it. Yeah. Finding those people that I can truly, like, 
you're one of them, Colorado. But finding those people that I can truly just like be myself and say the good, the bad, and the ugly and know that it's still okay. It's safe. Safe space. Like finding those people where it is safe spaces has been absolutely huge. Yeah, it's in recovery from all of that. Yeah, because I think, at least for me, a lot of my past traumas carry a lot of shame. Yes. And a lot of guilt. Yeah. Um, and to find, to be able to speak um, about it without repercussion of feeling shame or guilt. Yeah. Is such a big journey. Yes. Right? Because it does start with like one person that you're like, yes. I'm telling you the biggest, craziest secret that I am the most shamed or embarrassed about and, yeah. I'm, and I trust you mm-hmm. the first person in the world yeah. to tell this secret to or yeah. what I felt was a secret yeah you know and I guess for me it's more you know the, the more I am able to talk about it the more I'm able to just yes. speak about it without repercussion of of negative feelings yes. about it yeah I totally um, agree you know for me that's kind of how I handle it you know, when I'm put in that mental space of back where I was. Right. Right. Which is different than being able to speak about what happened. Yes. But triggered into that mental space. Yes. Man, that's a mind fuck. That is a mind fuck. It's a real mind fuck. And, uh, you know, I've learned really just to try and just walk away. Like, I have to just walk away. Yeah. No, it definitely... I think like I joke that the medicine and therapy, that is what started me being able, because I was able to talk about it before, like some of the trauma, but it was very much from like outside, Mm. you know, like I'm telling someone else's story almost. Right, right, right. And then when I started the medication, which doesn't fix anything, but it does level you off so you can see a little clearer it's not so doomsday right right? and then you're able through the therapy to really talk about it and get that different perspective from someone who's not involved at all right and then to then take that and be able to open up to others you know just to either share your experience or to let them know that they are not alone sure in their experience sure um that, I mean, like, it can't be... That's what was so frustrating in this movie, that no one was fucking talking. I mean, it's like, we can talk about things. Yeah. Because we're all struggling. It's uncomfortable. We're all, it's uncomfortable. It and you sucks. might make mistakes along the way. Yes. You might say stupid shit along the way, but, like, let's just try and figure let's, this shit out. Let's just try to figure it out. Um, so, yes, that is how I think that... Both you and I have figured out a better way to, it's sure. a healthier way to do Yeah, trauma. for sure. I mean, Before finding out that we were. alcohol and things like that. I was yeah. burying myself. Oh, yeah. That's all I could do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I ever felt, you know, I think maybe in the short run, I would, there are certain days where I'm just like, I just need to mm-hmm. let everything loose and let everything go yeah. and just like have a wild night and have fun. Yeah. You know, but I don't feel like I use alcohol in a long term no. setting to like uh, mask pain or mask yeah. feelings, you know? No, I never did that. Yeah. Ever. Um, but you know, another thing that I have 
realized over time as far as dealing with my own personal trauma and everything is giving myself grace. Like there right. are some days it's that hard. I'm just not going to be able to get out of bed. Yeah. And the fact that I even sat up in bed or showered or any, you know what? That's going to have to be as good as it's going to get today. Right. And I have to be okay because, you know, you have the depression and anxiety as well where it's like, the anxiety is like, oh my God, I have to do something about it. I have to, I have to, I have to do this or this or this. Or what if I do this and this doesn't work? And blah, blah, blah. like yeah. you go down that. And the depression is just like, girl, shut it down. Yeah. You know? So they're fighting like within you and it's so painful and yeah. difficult to do anything. So I've had to like really practice, okay, you know what? All I'm going to do, my only goal today is to not take a nap for five hours. <laughs> That's, that's my a good goal. one. That's it. That's all yeah. I want to do. And if I do that, it's in a win. Yeah. You know, I've got to be that. okay with that. I feel that. There was like even an epiphany when I found out we take the, the same medication, the same mood I stabilizers. It's, it's like, what? what? I was like, I never And knew. the same milligrams. And the same. Well, I've upped mine to yours now. To, I know. Yeah. yeah. I was below you. And then you were like, girl, you got to up it. And I upped yeah. it. And then my doctor was like, mm, more. But again. <laughs> and then your doctor was like, yeah, we need to do this. Yeah. I just upped it a few weeks, like less than a month ago. Actually, yeah. I'm going back to see him on, uh, in two days. Nope. Tomorrow. Oh, nice. To just talk about kind of the progress. Yeah. And it's been like night and day. It's a big It really is a night and day situation. Difference. And you know, you don't realize it until you're off it. Oh That's what God. I've noticed is that like, because I'll be like, just stop taking it. Well, I have before, like you know, fatigue. where I'm just, it's almost, yeah, it's a pill fatigue. Yeah, and I've it's similar that. to like when you take antibiotics and you're halfway through and you're like, <laughs> I feel fine. Right. So you stop and that's exactly when you should keep taking right. the antibiotics. Right. And so I've gone through the crashes and that's when I realize, okay, you know, because you kind of have that in your head that it's going to fix everything. That's not what it does. Yeah. It fixes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. still have to put in the work and for do sure. all of that. For sure. Um, so yeah, that was really like when you said that, I what know, you were like, on and I was what? like, that's what I'm on. <laughs> it all made sense. Yeah, right? It really did. Uh, no wonder you were so crazy. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> Two please Crazy like me. Um, I think uh, another thing you know, obviously what this movie is about is veterans readjusting back into society and thinking like, and the treatment of the veterans from that society. What was it like back then? And what did the government help with Mm -hmm. in veterans and, you know, uh, readjusting to civilian life. And I, I just was looking at, a little bit of like statistics and the, you know, Pew research did this, um, you know, the latest information that they had was pre COVID. So like just, Mm -hmm. just before. And it's interesting because a lot of the distinctions between these Pew, these polls are pre nine 11 veterans and post nine 11 veterans. And there's a lot of difference in how they, um, view entering back into society right how they view uh how they were welcomed back mm-hmm. how they view how the government has provided for them mm-hmm. it, it was pretty interesting so like when you see you know post 9-11 veterans um 
51% said it was somewhat easy or very easy to readjust into civilian life. Mm -hmm. So about half and half. Yeah. Pre-9-11 veterans, Mm -hmm. 78%. And then when you talk about feeling the percentage of veterans saying in their first few years after they left the military, they felt they frequently felt proud of their military service. Mm -hmm. More pre-9-11 felt proud than post-9-11. I'm really surprised about that. And more pre-9-11 felt optimistic about their future than... Post now, 9/11. how pre nine eleven are we talking? Are we talking like think, in those, like in the nineties? I, I think it's Gulf War. I think it's Vietnam. It's Korean. Really? It's World War Two. Wow, I'd be curious if they looked at post World War Two and post Vietnam because that's like the two biggest, like such stark contrasts with one yeah. generation fighting in this one, and then the next generation is fighting in this one. No. Yeah. And then a third of veterans said they had trouble paying bills after leaving the military. So 35% had trouble paying bills. 20% struggled with alcohol or substance abuse. Mm, This is post 9-11? This is just in general. In general. 16% had trouble getting medical care for their self or family. Bullshit. And then 12% received food benefits from their government, from the government. Wow. Isn't that kind of wild? That is really wild. And, and you know, then they break it down into post-traumatic stress and, and non. And, and then you start seeing even more wild yeah. differences in trouble paying bills. Well, and then you also think about like the people who are actually reporting it, you know, right. having the difficulties. Yeah. And, oh my the, the statistics were, were pr- pretty interesting um, about whether, you know, whether the government's give them given them enough help pre 911 68% said yes post 911 49 mm. so there's obviously something there about modern times mm-hmm. that veterans feel either less supported less respected less but all i wonder of the how above. they're doing those polls because you can't how are they going to judge what I guess I'm curious who all they're talking to about this. Are we talking about people? I think they're talking to pre and post 9-11. Well, I know that, but I mean like when you're talking pre, right. you're not talking to the guys who were fighting in World War II. I highly doubt that. You're not, I mean. Maybe they, I mean, there's not that many left, but. Well, that's what I mean. They? Like how, they how ta- far back assume, are we? I would assume when you're talking to a, a World War II veteran, they're talking about that five to ten years after mm-hmm. coming home. Same with Vietnam. Same with Korean War. I'd be curious. I want to look at these at this. Okay, I'll send you the link. Please it's do. Pew, Pew Research. I'm curious about that. Just who all was being polled? I just thought that was like all interesting because because the whole point of this movie was the struggle yeah. of, of adjusting, readjusting back into civilian life. Yeah. To see what that looks like, really in in kind of like like numbers perspective, like what and, is it and statistics nowadays. That is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would just be curious about the polling. Who are they talking to? So in a shift. Are we going to do Mary Shackle? Do you think this belongs oh. on the top 100 films? Oh, absolutely. Films? Yes. Definitely. I, I do too. I, I, I thought this was really um, a, a movie that stands the test of time. Yeah. It's a movie that tells a, a universal story, even it, if you have not served in the military. Yes. But especially for those who have served in, in the military. Yes. 
Well, I'm thinking about it's, I mean, you don't get that many movies that are post-war. No. People like to tell the war stories, what was going on. So this was, I mean, I feel like taking a chance on telling a story that could be just really depressing or uninteresting, you know? Um, And they did a great, William Wyler did a great job with it. Really great. And the script was very good. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Do you think it could be made today? I do. I, I actually kind of really want it to be made totally today. I totally agree. To take a modern uh, approach and a modern take on this idea. Yeah. Um, of people coming back from war and, and what that looks like. And, I, I and think it's one, I mean, especially when like you talk about, you'd never heard of this movie. No. Majority of the people we, vast majority of the people we know have yeah. never heard of never. this movie. Never. So it should be made today. I agree. Well, you know, you look at like, Afghanistan war, you know, like it ended abruptly that we brought all the yeah. homes and just y'all go know, home, home bye. and done. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, let's talk about those people. Yeah. Where are they now? What you are could they doing? easily do How it with make it current. You could easily yeah. make it again post World War Two. Yeah. You could make it post any of these Vietnam wars. War. Yeah, absolutely. You could make any yeah. of them. So if it, pick one, if it was remade yes. today. Yes, I'm ready. Which cast? Wow. Let's start with the Stevenson family. Fabulous. Um, let's start with Al Stevenson. Who do you have for Al Stevenson? I put Bradley Cooper. Predictable. It is predictable. That's if it was post-World War II. We're talking about this movie. So okay. post-World War II. So yeah. Okay. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Slash Idris Elba. Continue. I put... Idris. Sterling K. Brown. Mm. I love Sterling K. Brown. He would be amazing in that role. He could play the banker. He could play the absolutely family man. Absolutely. You know, I think that is a fantastic pick. With his wife being Carrie Washington. Mm. Girl, I'd watch (laughs) the movie. I told you I had a good cast. Who's your Millie? I I put Kate Blanchett. She's, she's kind of old. I thought maybe she'd be a little too Yeah, she's old. a little old. Okay, but God, still, I love Kate Blanchett. She's so incredible. I do love Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I have Sterling okay, K. No, Brown you're and winning. Washington. You are winning. Who's their daughter? Peggy? Uh-huh. One Zendaya? Of course it's Zendaya. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to. Let's go with your cast. All right. I like your Stevenson. Let's go with, with Who is your Peggy? I put Elle Fanning. Boring. I mean... Peggy's not the most exciting part, but Zendaya would make it. Continue. So good. Okay, your cast so far is killing mine. Go on. Okay, let's go with Fred Derry. I picked Taron Egerton. Oh, I like him. I like him a lot. I like him. And I feel like he could have that kind of womanizer look that Al wouldn't fully trust, like mm-hmm. with his daughter. He's a little young, I feel. He is a little young, but I was looking at the people. I, I pulled a Brett. Oh, and looked at the same and age And looked at situation. the same age. That's yes, funny. that's what I did. Um, so I put Sebastian Stan. I love me some Sebastian Stan. As that one. And he is because coming I feel up in the like ranks he as far as an actor. in this like war-torn yes. head. Yes. And also be like this kind of um, coming from a, a poor background. I'm and, loving that. Right? I love that. With Marie Derry. Yes. Being Anya Taylor-Joy. Did you have that? Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. I think she'd be perfect. Oh my God, she's so perfect. Perfect for that role. Absolutely perfect. Perfect for that role. Yes. 
Easy pick. Okay, so for what is your Homer? Do Give me your Homer and Wilma, because my Homer and Wilma kind of go together. Well, Homer, I thought it should absolutely be an unknown, and it should be a veteran who's been physically so just disabled. Un- okay. Completely okay. unknown. Fair. Yes. Okay. Disabled veteran. Got and it. then Wilma, I put um, Natalie Dyer from Stranger Things. She plays Will's older sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, love she's her. Good. And she's got that innocence and yeah. just, yeah. So that's who I put. Okay. Who did you put? So. Whose hooks are we CGIing? Oh, no hooks. Oh. I'm telling you. You're doing you, the mental. I'm telling you, I went. I'm loving it. What did you do? Really updated. What have you done, Conrad? Okay. Homer Parrish. Yeah. We can call him. Homera Parish, because I'd like to cast oh. Ali Stroker Who is that? from Oklahoma. She won the Tony for Oklahoma. Oh, oh, and she oh my is God. In a wheelchair. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I just got chills. Continue. With Wilma, or uh-huh. we can call him Wilmer. Wilmer, okay. Will Poulter. I literally I told you got my chills cast all over is fire. my body my cast is fire okay yeah you won yeah you won absolutely that's great right i mean that's amazing yeah that is amazing i feel like sebastian stan um is taryn egerton okay those either of those could work but the my rest others are it? like dead on come on dead on come on yeah okay. um hey mary should I kill alfred homer okay alfred oh well oh god I mean, I, I have one that I don't know if you'll oh, I'm think gonna marry same. Al. Okay. Again. <laughs> you know why. Okay. Oh, I I don't wanna do this. <laughs> I would shag Fred and I'd kill Homer. Okay. I feel terrible saying that. I think you should. Um this is I think the only one I think all three are different. I think all three are You're going to marry Homer. I'm going to marry Fred. Marry Fred? Because, okay. This goes against the, all of our principles. Let me, t- let me finish. Uh-huh. At the end of the movie, he finds clarity. He finds job with a career path. This is true. And Potential he's honorable. Is true. And is like a good husband. Okay. And like cooks dinner. This is true. Right? Okay. But he also yells at his wife that she's going to sit down and she's going to like it. She was a bitch. She was a She deserved to be bitch. yelled at. She was terrible. Yes. So I'm okay. going to marry Fred. Okay. Just I'm going to shag Homer. Okay. And I'm going to kill Al. But Fred I see what hot. you're saying. But I'd go ahead and go with Mary, the VP. He was really good looking. I would go ahead and go with the VP, though. Yeah, but he's like an alcoholic. He's like a mess. He's like not really all that fun. Just doesn't seem like a fun person. Oh, no, I am really thinking everything. We're so on top of things together. I know. This really is kind of. I'm really dead on in this section of the podcast. I'm going to go with. I'm going to let you tell me who I'm shagging and marrying (laughs) and go on. (laughs) That's appropriate. All right. Do you have any other Mary Shag kills? Um, nah. All right. I mean, do you, Peggy Marie Wilma? Oh. I know. I know which one I'm doing. I'm going to marry. Uh huh. 
Wilma. Don't say it wrong. I'm going oh. to shag Marie, and oh. I'm going to kill Peggy. Oh, see, I would marry Peggy. Wilma's so steadfast and true. Yeah, but what I like Peggy. Peggy is also that, mm-hmm. but like a little feisty and fun. And she works at a hospital, Are right? Are you going to kill Wilma? Yeah, I'm killing Wilma. Oh, damn. <laughs> nice of you to say that whole thing. I'll never leave you. Yeah. Never. Snooze you lose. And then shit. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thank for you, this Connor. lively discussion this was very we lively. talked very uh candidly we really did we got into some stuff i don't think we've talked about before no we have not um we had honest open communication unlike, unlike the people, the in, this people movie. in this movie we um have trademarked targate tardega tardega i cannot wait to open them i love a tardega coming oh soon God. to you coming soon um so next week we will be reviewing the comedy classic it happened just one night it happened one night just one just one it happened in a one night stand it it, it happened that night okay which it was happened one. In, it happened in a night okay oh it happened one night okay until then <laughs> wait how many nights one one night here's drinking with you kid <laughs>